The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. It's good to be back. I am super glad to be here on this morning. Uh, yeah, it's just great to be here. Um, let's see. It's good to be here this morning, but about a week and a half ago, I had, I mean, you guys have probably had this. You have that morning where... My, my wife can probably attest, <coughs> but she probably remembers this Wednesday. Um, but it's like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and then I stubbed my toe, going to the bathroom, and then it's just a super bad day. And you know, it's like you almost feel like you brushed your teeth with icy hot instead of toothpaste. It's just like just nothing good is going to happen today. That was my day about a week and a half ago, and you know, I, I'm driving so. I, I leave the house, and I'm not a good husband to my wife and not a good dad to my, uh, to my son. And I'm like, this day is awful. It's just awful, right? It's like, please no one cut me off because I'll be on YouTube on like the road rage section. It'll be terrible. So I get to Redhorn, and I get my coffee, and I'm like, okay, what's going to make... I, I have to change the course of this day, or the next eight hours are going to be a nightmare for myself or any sort of work that needs to get done, and anyone that I'm going to come in contact with. So I chug some coffee, have another cup of coffee. That's not working. And I sit down, and I open up my like iPad, and I go to version, and I find that plan that I'm on day two of, and it said, you started 15 days ago. And I'm like, real nice, version. <laughs> You're going to shame me because this isn't my everyday thing, or whatever. But I was like, I need to mix it up somehow because this day will be awful. So I, I open up version and I start reading, and it's like, beating cynicism. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I do not want to be a part of, like, and I'm like, maybe, maybe I have to do this, right? And so it says, okay, cynicism happens when uh, you generally have an optimist, and that's kind of what I am or what I was or something like that. And, and it says when they start to learn things, and we start to see things in the world, it's like, we told you this was going to happen. So I pull out my little prayer journal thing. And it's like, the text for that day was Ecclesiastes 1.18. In much wisdom is much, much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. And I'm like, come on, really? Like, this is, this is not helping, but it's 100% accurate. And then it had a little prompt that said, for the devotional time, after you read, these wonderful words, uh, go and write down the places you have felt wronged. And I'm like, oh, I can, like, I can do a laundry list today. This couple said they were going to do that. This, you know, that person, that person, me. I'm just going to write myself down in there because I'm feeling like I know I'm a jerk right now. And I'm writing that down, and it's like, okay, write that down, and then take it to God. I'm like, I know this is the right answer, but I don't want to do this right now. And it just stared, like it looked me in my face, and I'm like, I need a change, or I need some help, or I need something. And as that happened, there was a guy that walked up, and I'd seen him there a handful of times before, and he walked up, this big, tall, good-looking dude, I don't know how else to describe him, he was a good-looking dude. And we started talking, and, and uh, Tanner, the guy that works with me, said, uh, hey, this is um, Leo. Leo, you got to meet Barrett, blah, blah, blah. He was an actor. He just moved here from L.A., and he loves Jesus. And it was one of those, 
interactions that, like sometimes you run into Christians and it's like, hmm, thanks, I really didn't need more of that. But then sometimes you run into people and it's like, he was the most refreshing person I could encounter. He said, you know what, this happened in my life and I'm just trying to figure out how do I be a, a good dad for my three sons and how do I follow Jesus right now? I had a career in, in like acting and now I'm doing this and it's like, I'm just on a daily walk with God. Like, what does he have for me today? And at that moment, it was, I was like, okay, you're telling me things through you version, and you are telling me things to these random people. And it was, it was like I melted a little bit. I was like, okay, any hostility or anger starts fading away. And it was a, just a weird moment that was transformed from going one direction to a complete 180, and now I'm going this direction. And it's like, okay, well, I need to probably apologize to everyone I've talked to today, so we'll do that, but we'll take care of that later. I was like, oh, that's, I think that's the story of my day and a lot of our times. And I think there's something that, that can be cynical about us, and it's kind of this point in the year where has anyone, don't raise your hands, but just look around and know there's at least one person in this room. You can look for it if you need to. Had a resolution, punted the resolution a week ago and just realized they did. Okay, that's me. But, but it's one of those things, it's like there, there can be some, some junk that builds up in you, some cynicism, some, some outer critics and some inner cynics that happen when you look and you say, you know what, I was going to change, but now... Well, I'm just back. I'm back where I was. Paul talks about this, uh, the, what Brian read earlier is Romans 12, and then Romans 12, 1 to 2 is a very, uh, whenever I think of change or God changing me or transforming me, that's like the verse, right? It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what's good and acceptable and perfect. If you're a note taker, the little bolded parts are the parts we're going to camp on. Well, two of them are. There's one that didn't make it. But first thing in there, when it says, I appeal to you, therefore, uh, normally that's not the part that gets me, right? When I look at this text, it's like, I appeal to you. No, and in in the Greek, blah 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 blah. Uh, well, let's say it this way: as Texans, we all get this, right? So you can say, "I appeal to you," or "I appeal to y'all," right? Texans and Greek people understand this because in Greek, it's not you; it's like y'all. So Paul is saying, and pause right there. Well, side note: whenever I try to make a transformation or a change. I always go to me. So this text, it paints me in the corner, so I'm standing over here, and there's paint, like wet paint all around. I'm like, I tried to change, and it didn't work. What happened? What went wrong? Like, oh, I took that as me. Like, I'm a good, I'm a good Texan, but I'm a better American. So like in Texas, we do y'all, but in America, do we do me. And so I think of that just as, Whenever I try to change something, it's a one-on-one. It's, it's me against the world, or me against this sin, or me against the version Bible plan. But what Paul's saying is, I appeal to y'all. I appeal to you, 
people by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. And I don't think that's something that we just can put in the corner. I think that's something to really look at. If you look at one of the stories that still it transcends the Bible and it gets put into like Seinfeld and our cultural kind of narrative and what's going on, the story of the Good Samaritan, it happens here too. So there's these characters. There's, well, there's a guy that gets beat up and left for dead. And then there's a, a priest. And what does the priest do? The priest sees the half-dead guy and is like, I have priestly things to do. I'm out. The next person's a Levite, and he's like, I'm of, you're in the wrong house. I'm in the right house. I'm out. And then the good Samaritan comes in, and usually we take this text and talk about it as, hey, there was some, there was, like, the, the guy on the outside helped and did that. But, but I want you to think, what did he do there? Yeah, he picked him up and put him on his donkey, but, but he took it from a me situation to multiple people, from a you to a y'all, from a me to a we, one of those types of things. Puts him on the donkey, takes him to the innkeeper, and he says, here's some money, I'll be back, but I'm enlisting you for help in transforming this person's life, this dead person. It's like, oh, this, is, this isn't just about, hey, there were some racial issues and some... some hey, you're from this country and I'm from that country. It wasn't just about that. It was like, you know, to transform things, there, there's a bigger thing happening here. When I first came to Acts in 2015, uh, we were at the school, and I knew that Acts stood for stuff, and it was fun coming in here, and you see it on the doors, and you see sending and community in the back. But the word that I had to chew on was adventure, Right? I knew where that came from. You guys saw the man who's got like 18 inches on me, Pete Mueller. Like he used to lead these trips to the Southwest and climb and do the Grand Canyon and all that. And like that's not my version of adventure. I'm like, no, sorry. That's, that's cool, but I don't want to do that. And so I had to think, okay, what does adventure look like for me? And that's changed and I kind of camped on it for a couple years. And after reading this, I'm like, you know, this has to shift again. Because adventure for me, I was like, okay, if, if I can be on my adventure with Jesus and ask him what he wants for me every day and see if I can listen to that and follow that, like I still think that's probably a bigger adventure than any jumping out of any plane or driving over 100 miles an hour or whatever else you all do for adventure. But if I'm talking with God every day and being led by the Holy Spirit, that's huge. Like, he's going to take me places and, and do things and expand my comfort zone and bring me into conversations that I'll have never had before. And that's true, right? And we should do that. This should be like our hub, and then we should be sent out, and we should be sent out and be asking God that question so we can have him kind of direct our life. But what I think is more important than that personal kind of adventure is, is us together connecting. Like, Teddy Roosevelt's one of my favorite presidents, right? And when he was a president, or before he was a president, he used to go on these, like, long journeys out to the Badlands and everything, and sometimes he'd go alone, and they'd be like, we, we haven't heard from, from him in weeks, and we hope he's alive. And he came back with just hundreds of dead animals. And it's like, what have, what have you done? You've, we don't have bison. It's all your fault. But uh, after he was president, he went on a massive trip, Right? But he didn't go alone, probably because he's like, this is a former president, we can't have you going alone. He took people with him. 
And when I think about that, I'm like, okay, I could go on the venture alone and just experience it by myself and have me and Jesus time. Or I could look at the church or the communities that God has put us around and be like, this is the Teddy Roosevelt, Rough Rider looking expeditionary force. And I think for me, when I think of transformation or what Paul says, and he's like, I appeal to y'all, therefore, brothers and sisters, I think he's saying, I want you guys to do this together. You weren't meant to do this alone. Don't fall into that lie that it's just you and Jesus in your life. There's a big element of that, but it is much bigger than just you. You're like, okay, this is maybe 20,000 foot level. What does that look like for me? And this is the risky thing for us. Like, this is the risky thing for us as Christians in 2019, that we just think it's between us and God, and that we don't take this next step or this next risk. And some of you do, uh, but I want to encourage you, or be the outside preacher who can be like, you need to do this. So you need to do this. Here are like super easy steps to take it right now. If you're not in a community group, you need to be in a community group. I'll say it this way. Satan's got an arrow or a target on your back and is shooting at you very rapidly and with anything he's got. Anything he's got. Shame, guilt, Twitter, Facebook, the hashtag you're not supposed to follow on Instagram. Satan wants you dead, right? Or he wants you derailed. If I can just, like, C.S. Lewis is like, and you guys should all read... uh, Screw tape letters. Well, just all of his stuff, but screw tape letters. He's like, if we can just get them focused on something else rather than following God, then we've got them. He's like, have it be politics or war or something like that. So, so to counteract that, what do we do? We gather together, and we don't just talk about, hey, work was good. We, we dig deep, and we seek God together so that we can be strong for other people when they're weak, or they can be strong for us when we're weak. And I know I, I heard in the background from Pastor Josh and Tanner that there's some more opportunities for community groups coming up. Is that right, Tanner? Yes. So whenever Tanner or Pastor Josh or anyone else asks you, you'd be like, okay, I really need to think about this because this could really be something. Like, I need somebody on my side or behind me to, to, to walk with me. I'll talk about an announcement in like 10 minutes or so. You could do that too. Um... Cinnamon religion, we'll talk about that later. Um, or you could do the riskiest thing possible. And this is different asking it here versus asking it at Axe Lake Line. At Axe Lake Line, if I say this, people get either really excited or really starting to sweat, right? Go up to somebody and ask them to coffee or lunch this week. Or over to your house. That would be really strange, right? Be like, I think we're supposed to walk together. What does that look like? That's risky. At Axe Lake Line, why that's weird is because we have a bunch of single people and a bunch of empty nester people, and the single people are like, is he trying to get us to, like, marry up? And, and I'm like, that's how we're going to have all the babies, right? You guys need to talk and not... Anyway. So let me get back to the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Paul says, I appeal to y'all, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
And by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He says, y'all are being transformed by the renewal of your mind. That being transformed word, the theological word behind that is being sanctified, being set apart, being made holy for a purpose. And the the fascinating part about this is when you try to go one-on-one, you try to set these goals or milestones, or I'm going to read through this whole version plan, or I'm going to pray or meditate or, or give or something. When you do that alone, it's almost like you're making the list for yourself. Versus what Paul is saying here, he says, but be transformed for our English friends out there. English majors or whatever, be transformed. You're like, that's a passive thing. That's happening to me. And as we walk together, not as your personal adventure thing, but as your Teddy Roosevelt expeditionary force, he wants to transform you. Because you can't do it by yourself. On Wednesday, a week and a half ago, when I was sitting at Redhorn, I could not do it. And I looked around, I was like, I've tried stimulants. I've tried being angry. Stimulants, caffeine, not... But seriously, we, we all have something. You can try up. I mean, and at that place, you can have uppers and downers, right? But it's like, I've tried this. I've tried being angry. I've tried being a jerk. It's not working. I need somebody else to help reckon, me recognize I need the word, and I need someone else to walk with me so that God can transform me into who he wants me to be. And then the last thing, and Pastor Josh brought this up to me. He's like, hey, you know the word for renewal is renovation? And I'm like, oh, that's great. Good for you. Like, thanks for knowing that. And and there was one thing I learned uh, this year when we had Theo, when Krista had Theo, and I, yeah. (laughs) And I was there. Tanner will edit all this out, right? No. No. during my paternity leave and her maternity leave, we watched like five seasons of Fixer Upper. There's two, I was behind the ball, I know. There's two great parts about every Fixer Upper episode. Chip tries to run through a wall. Sometimes he's successful. Sometimes there's like a stud right there and it's ugly. The second part is the big reveal, right? Chip stands on one side, Joanna stands on one side, and there's like this huge printout of what their old house used to look like. And he says, do you guys want to see your Fixer Upper? And then the print goes aside and like, oh my goodness, it went from this terrible house to this beautiful, I don't know, magazine house that they've made. And I think that's what God is trying to do for us. Yes, for us individually, but also for us as a church or a group of people or community groups or your family. He's saying, I want you to go from this to that. I want you to go from me to we. I want you to go from gossiping about each other to speaking well about each other, defending each other. He says, I want you to go to holding on to hurt, to taking it and putting it where the only place it can go is, and being forgiven and forgiving others. I want you to go from being walked on to having solid boundaries. I want you to be from the punchline of the joke Christians are never the punchline of the joke, right? To being the best example of healing and forgiveness. From being a pain in the rear to being the most refreshing, tall, former actor person 
that walks into your red horn or your house or your school or wherever you go. I think what Jesus is calling us to do and what we've seen in the Nicene Creed is he says, you're a one holy Catholic and apostolic. The holy part of that is his transformation in you, in y'all. So may you guys walk out of here into your daily life, not just thinking it's me against the world, but I'm walking together with people. And they're a phone call away or an email away or a text away. And they're walking with me. May you go out as people that are transformed by the Spirit, that are made new. And so there's the big reveal. And ah, look at that person. Look at this group of people. Look at what this church, look at what God is doing in this church. May you be those people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you for the people that you put around us. We thank you for the community groups we have, the families that are here. We thank you for the surrogate families that you have here when our families are far away. God, would you work your Holy Spirit in and through us so that we can be transformed to look more like you and to express more of your grace. Father, we thank you for your grace, and it's by the power of Jesus that we have that. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.